0: The following podcast is an audio message from Harvest Bible Chapel in Rochester, Minnesota. You can find out more by visiting harvestrochester.org. How are you feeling today, Harvest? It's rainy outside, but it isn't in here, eh? Right? You made a good choice. You got to church. You were devoted, right? And I'm uh, I'm grateful that you're here. Uh, wasn't it good to uh, celebrate communion together? I think we need to do that more often after studying the passage I studied this week, and I am just so grateful to come into the house of the Lord, knowing that I'm fallible, that I'm a sinner, right? That I, that I haven't done everything I wanted to do or everything I set out to do last Sunday. But, uh, I mean, epic fails along the way. I was on this like 40 days of prayer, Damien. 40 days of prayer. Guess what day I failed on? Yeah, it was in the 30s yeah, I'm starting over, right? But hey, no condemnation, right? Like, hey, I, I made a vow to the Lord I didn't keep, but here I come. I'm coming after it again, right? I'm going to get after it again. Prayer's important. And uh, you, you got something like that in your life, right? I mean, you got something like that, that you came to the table and you're like, I'm grieved over this. This isn't who I want to be. This is, I'm, this is flesh, Right, This is my flesh. I don't want to be my flesh. I want to be in the Spirit. And we come to the table and we celebrate it again, and we're free. It's a miracle again today. You are set free from your sin if your heart is in true repentance to God. And I, I am astounded by the Lord that way. Are you astounded by the Lord that way? Are you just like, wow, God, way to go, you know? Like, it's just crazy. There's some awe there. Um, hey, I came over to church today to, to, to preach, and uh, to preach shorter, right? A couple of long messages. We got our Acts uh, series started. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2. We're going to finish up the rest of the chapter, and uh, this is a bit of a transitional passage, um, and it's, it's really exciting uh, to me um, because there's just a lot of powerful things happening. But I just thought I'd start the message with this, community. You guys like community? Anybody want to be part of Community? I mean, I think a lot of people come to church, honestly, for community. They want to belong to something. They want to be around people. They want to um, have this, you know, I want to get connected to some Christian community. What does that look like? And I want to uh, be connected to that. And uh, so, so, you know, uh, Jeremy, I just thought maybe we could be close. Like maybe, maybe, you know, I could, am I heavy? I'm a little heavy. And, you know, we could just spend some time together and, and we could get community together. Is that how we get community I sit on his lap. That's weird. It's a weird community right there. I mean, I just want to be close to you, right? But, but I was just thinking back. Kimberly and I, we never got in a room with the people we're closest to today and said, hey, let's just get close. Let's just, let's just get together. Let's just do life together. Let's just, let's just get close. We never, we never, like, made a plan to do that. We never went after community, That wasn't how it all started. What started On Common Community is that we went after a common mission, right? You don't manufacture On Common Community. You don't like go, hey, let's go after the result because On Common Community is the result of some other things. It's a byproduct of what else we're doing and it happens naturally, at least it should, It comes naturally when we're focused on Jesus Christ. See, we take our eyes off of Christ and we wonder why we feel lonely. We wonder why we feel out of of touch. We wonder why we're disconnected. So I'm just saying to you, it comes naturally when we focus on Jesus Christ, when we worship Christ together, when we walk with Christ together, when we work for Christ together. Is that the first time you've ever heard that? No, no. (laughs) I've heard that before. Worship, walk, work. I've heard those words before. But when we do those things together and we go hard after those together, uncommon community is the result. So look in your Bible at Acts chapter uh, 2. And uh, the word here comes up together several times. But if you just flip back to chapter 1, verse 6. So when they had come together, and then verse 14... And all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together. And then chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all, what do you think the word is? Together. Together. It's not rocket science. It's pretty simple what they were all about. They were about being together. And then in verse 41, those who received his word were baptized. We got after that last week. And they were all added that day about how many souls? 3,000 souls. So now we got 3,000. You got the 120 that started this whole thing. You got 3,120 people, and they're all together. And look at verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. That word fellowship there is koinonia. First John is all over that, right? But it's like partnering together. It's Participating together. It's all in, all done together. And then you look at verse 44 and all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. And then look at verse 40, 46. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in homes, together, you could say it again in the context, that's what it means. And they received their food with glad and generous, your Bible might say sincerity of heart, generous hearts. Title of the message today, for good reason, is Uncommon Community is the Result, right? So if you came to church today lonely, I'm really sorry, I'd love to be your friend, and I mean that. But I'm telling you, what you need to do walking into this place is not seek out relationships with other people. Not, don't try to fill up your schedule with, hey, can we go out for coffee every night, right? And, and can I get into 10 small groups? N- don't do that. The, the way that you are going to find what you are seeking, what you are longing for, that belonging, that uncommon community... Is through focusing on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And when we go after that common mission together, it just naturally happens. It just happens, all right? We're going to focus on that as I preach from Acts chapter 2. So open your Bible, Acts chapter 2. You guys are probably there. If you're there, say you're there. I thought we might just read it together. And I know that you all have different versions, so I'm going to shoot it up on the screen. This is the ESV. This is which I preach out of. We're not really a version church, so you can use whatever version you want as long as it's uh, a good version. Let's just go with that, like something that's literal to the Word of of God. Um, You want to know the Word of God, right? Um, But let's just read this together, uh, reading from your Bible or from the screen, ESV. Uh, Let's do it together, everybody at once, right? You ready? Verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread And the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day attending the temple together... And breaking bread in their homes, they received their with praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I love hearing you read the word of God. It's so fun to me. Sorry, I had to stop there a second and soak that in. Title of the message, Uncommon Community, is the result. Right, so if that's the result, how do we get there? right? What, what kind of things are we going to be focused on? Well, Jesus, yeah, great Sunday school answer. Could you give me more? I think in the passage you see three buckets. I've tried to figure out how I could illustrate this to you. So this is maybe the most elaborate outline you're ever going to see at Harvest Bible Chapel. Like, what is this? Those are thermometers, And there's lines on them, 1 through 10. I want you to gauge yourself in these three areas, okay? So a little checkup. We like to have a little checkup. Sometimes when we read Acts, we're like very discouraged, very almost depressed. We're like, but they had all of that and the power and blah, 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 blah. It's like, "Ah, when do we get back to that? When can we have that? And Sometimes we like get down on the dumps, but hey, I want to just say to you, right, we're not trying to be them. We're trying to be disciples of Jesus Christ in our day and age. And there's a lot we can learn from them, don't get me wrong, right? But don't try to like measure up to that, right? Don't try to be like, oh, well, I got to be just like them. Just take the principles of God's word, apply them to your life, and what I want you to do is check yourself, check your heart right? Check your heart today. How am I in regards to these things? How is my life in regards to these things? I I did that on my paper right here. You can see it, uh, you know, and I just colored it in. So you could do that too. Just color it in. Just pick a line, one through 10 there, and just draw it across and color it in, right? As we go, can you do that? Check your temperature today. And, And this isn't like, how many of you guys have been sick lately? Yeah, like there's this high fever going around, right? Like you get this like two days worth of high fever and then you like feel really bad and then you go to the doctor after like two days because your throat hurts too and then they're like, it's just a virus. Thanks for spending my money. I appreciate it. It's just a virus. Awesome. There's nothing you can do. No, nothing we can do. Great, right? So that kind of temperature you want to drop, right? You want to get that under control, You're putting wet claws on your head. You're like getting at it. Like, what temperature I'm talking today is white hot Christianity, and there is no limit on that. Just keep stoking the fire, right? So we're going to throw some logs on the fire today, all right? And we want to disperse those things across these three buckets, and we're going to get after it right now, okay? So let's just start at the top. Let's check ourselves in these three main areas. And uh, verse 42 now, you got to remember verse 41 is pretty important. So they, it's a transition. So they, who's they? So those, what, who is that? Well, it's going to tell you in the text. Let's just keep reading. So those who received his word, whose word? Little, little uh, quiz, pop quiz from last week. His word, whose word? Pe- Peter's word and the disciples, okay? And uh, received his word were? baptized right so they obeyed they obeyed right they repented repentance becomes before baptism it happens in you first and then it happens outside so other people can see okay and they they were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls added to what if something's added it has to be added to something so let's just get it off our chest right like they were added 3,000 people were added who are they added to the church Who is the church Well, this is the start, right? There's 3,000 people. They get added to the 120. Miraculous things are happening. It's like, we're a church. For the first time, we're a church. We got a church. Are you a member of the church? I mean, it's a pretty important thing to be a member of a local church, to belong somewhere. And uh, the worship, walk, work, all that, those are the things that uh, we ask our members to do. Look at verse 42. We're just going to go through the text verse by verse, word by word. You good with that? This is Harvest Bible Chapel. All right? And they, who is they? All the people that just got saved. Did you get saved last week? I mean, a couple people just like might have got saved for the first time. I hope so. I hope to hear that later in baptisms. Oh, yeah, that day you asked us to stand up and say, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That's the first time I ever said that. That's the first time I ever believed that in my heart. Awesome. You're one week old in Christ. This is so cool. So they, they, people that accept Christ, they are what? They're devoted. They devoted themselves. That word devoted, I mean, that's the whole passage. If I could get to you how to be devoted, Emily, if I could get you to understand devotion and how to be fully engaged, we would be done. I just don't know how to get that to you. I, I mean, I don't. I've like been all over it. I've studied it all week, and I'm like, how do I? That word devoted is only used 10 times in all of the New Testament. It means persistent in, persevere, endure, even when it's hard, as in when suffering comes and the Bible says it will, when it's no longer in vogue to go to church and they're even putting padlocks on the doors, will you still gather? You came through the rain, good job, right? But will you come when it might cost you more than wet shoes, right? That's really what we're talking about. Now, mind you, there was not any persecution, really, from people. You're going to see that in the end of the passage. They had hit favor with all men, right? There wasn't any persecution right here. There was, this is like from AD 30 to AD 35. And this, this passage is talking about that. And so the passage here, uh, 42 through 47, is like uh, Luke's like, hey, here's what's going to happen. Boom. And he gives it in this like short period. But then he's a doctor. So what do you think he's going to do? He's going to spell it out for you. So he's going to take the next couple chapters. In chapter 3, he's going to expound on verses 42 and 43. And then in chapter uh, uh, 4... He's going to do the same thing, forty-two and forty-three, and then he's going to get to the end of chapter four, and he's going to expound forty-two and forty-four, and then he's going to get to the end of chapter, uh, farther down in chapter four. They had everything in common. He's going to expound on verses forty-four and forty-five, and then he's going to get to Ananias and Sapphira. This is great. Can't wait to get there. That's awesome. Right? There's some serious dysfunction in the church, and in our church too. Right? We're just like the rest. And Verse 45, he's going to expound on that. And then many signs were done. Verse 43, and he just keeps going all the way down through chapter 6, verse 47. It's all these different things. He's going to expound on this. So we're getting that, like, here's the taste, and then we'll spend the next several weeks kind of breaking down each of these parts. Do you understand? All right, cool. So he, he has all this, and, and the key word here in the next several weeks is Devoted. Devoted persistent. I thought maybe a way to show you devotion is to get your attention about maybe some things that you're devoted to that you shouldn't be, right? And I'm not trying to be negative. I just thought, I'm just trying my hardest. Like, how can I get this to people, right? So top five things I'm devoted to instead of Jesus Christ. Top five things that I'm devoted to that aren't named Jesus, okay? Here's what their names are, right? Myself, right? Myself. I'm devoted to my own health. Well, it's not bad to be healthy, right? As long as we're healthy in Christ, right? I'm devoted to my own uh, eating of food, my own pleasure, my own going to the gym. I'm devoted to go to the gym, man. You're like, no, you're not. I know. I'm, I'm just trying to role play here. <laughs> I'm not devoted to going to the gym at all. I haven't been in months, right? But maybe you are, right? I got my own myself issues, My own pleasure issues with food or other things. Some me time. Got to have some me time. Right? I mean, I know you all feel that way. I do too. Like, say to my wife, like, man, I haven't had any quality time with myself in a long time. Yeah, well, maybe your role as a pastor of a church and a husband of one wife and a, a dad to five kids isn't to have some me time right now. You get that? Maybe it's to be devoted to the things that God's called you to consistently and steadfastly as you go, right? Top five things I'm devoted to instead of Jesus myself, myself. Then this, my family. It's not wrong to be devoted to your family, it's just not. My wife, my kids, my siblings, my parents. But if I'm devoted to them above Jesus Christ, if I put my family, going to my kids' games, above church, if I put my family and what's important to them above what's important to God, I get sideways quick. I'm devoted to the wrong thing at that point. I'm consistent and persistent at the wrong thing at that point. And I don't want to do that. And then this, my work, man, that's the one that gets me. I love to work, find a lot of significance in the work, right, get some value, some appreciation when you work, you know, guys especially I think struggle with this one, my work, I want to have success, I'm looking for that next promotion, I'm devoting myself to my work, hey, we work hard, we should be the best workers at our place of business. We are believers in Jesus Christ and everybody should look at us and go, that's a model of what a worker should be. But you know what? The world will tell you that's working 60 to 80 hours a week. The world will tell you that's distorted and out of bounds. You can be the best worker and not be out of bounds, all right? You're devoted to the wrong thing when you get that sideways, when Jesus no longer goes to work with you, when you leave him at home and you pick him up when you get back in your car. Top things, five things I'm devoted to instead of Jesus, myself, my family, my work, my friends. Going out, having fun, talking, listening, liking their Facebook page, you know. Just, we're in cahoots, man. If I scratch my, your back, you'll scratch mine, right? Like, we're, we're buddies. I think we spend a lot of time on that, and we care a lot about what people think of us. I'm a people pleaser just like you are. But devotion... I want to say this. The word devoted should be reserved for God. Okay? Just like awesome. Okay? Try not to use the, I love to use the word awesome. Everything's awesome to me. But, but just use the word awesome for God. Use the word devote. I don't devote myself to anything but God. I work hard at some stuff. I go after it in some areas. I love my kids a lot. But I am devoted to God and His church. I am devoted to that. Does that make sense? My friends, not devoted to you, friends. I'm devoted to following Jesus Christ, the mission, and in that, we're even better friends. Right? We find an uncommon community in that. Then this last thing, I just got to say it, and I know it's going to sting a bit. It did when I wrote it down. My hobbies, sports, crafts. I asked my wife. She's like, scrapbooking. It's like, really? Okay, I'm writing it down. My yard, my house. Some people garden, and it's all about the garden. You know what I mean? And you know, it's not wrong to it's not wrong to do any of the things I've listed here. to To all these five things, but when it's above Jesus Christ, do you get that? When we devote ourselves to these things, even good things, above the God of the universe, when we serve the creature over the Creator, we are out of balance and out of whack, and. Right here in these several verses, we see believers that are new. They're new believers. They don't even know any better. They're not mature. They're not. They're just baby Christians. And one thing they know to do I'm devoted. I'm devoting myself to, and there's three things they devote themselves to. Here they are the apostles' teaching, the fellowship. And the breaking of bread and the prayers. So let's just break that down. Let's just study those three buckets, okay, over the next several minutes, okay? So here it is. So uh, the first thing here that you're going to fill in is discipleship in God's word. The apostles' teaching, this could be called the walk bucket if you want to put it in worship walk work, this could be called the walk bucket. Discipleship. Discipleship is the mission, right? To make disciples. But we disciple uh, people in God's word. So these guys got saved. They got saved. Verse 41, they're saved. What do you think they're going to do? What are they going to do? What should we do? I just got saved. What do I do? I wish somebody would have told me this at 17 when I did get saved. Be baptized. Great. Awesome. I just got baptized. It said that in verse 41 too. What's next? I'm going back to Crete, right? They didn't. They stayed. Why? They needed to be taught. They needed to learn. They needed to be discipled, right? How are they going to get discipleship in Crete? They are a baby Christian. They stayed with the apostles. They learned from the apostles' teaching. I printed off uh, this. This is just 10 things that they taught. Let me just read a couple. The promises of God made in the Old Testament now fulfilled in the uh, New Testament with the coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus began his ministry in Galilee after his baptism. The Messiah was crucified according to God's purpose. God chose to crucify Jesus for our sin. That wasn't like an accident. Change the plan. Oh, quick, hurry. Plan B's in force. This was the real plan. And they're preaching this. They're saying, hey, guys, let me tell you the doctrine. Let me tell you. I could just boil it down for you. Here's what it is. Just hold up your Bible. It's the Old Testament promises that fulfilled Jesus Christ. It's the gospel, which is Jesus Christ's teaching, right? And then it's also all of the epistles, because that's what they wrote. That's what the apostles wrote about what happened. So we're on this New Testament reading plan. It's the best thing you could be on right now because that's the apostles' teaching, the New Testament, right? I hope that you're reading this. I hope that yeah, I got some stuff to check, eh? Do I got some boxes to check? I got to get after this, right? But you could pick one up today at the walk table, and you could get after it, because this is what discipleship is. It's getting in the Word. Now, we use the word devoted. Would you say you're devoted to the reading of the Word? As in persistent? As in, I haven't missed a day in the last week? So if you haven't missed a day in the last week, maybe you're up there, and you're boiling it up to a ten. And you're like, dude, color it all in. I'm discipled in God's word, and I'm stoked, and I'm on fire. But maybe you didn't, right? And maybe you need to throw some wood on the fire today. Maybe you need to throw a log or two. Maybe it's three or four. Maybe you need to get seven days in a row of discipleship, right? Maybe you need to light a fire under that thing. Maybe you need to come to church again next week and make it two weeks in a row, Maybe you need to make it three weeks in a row, four weeks in a row. Maybe you can't make it and you need to go listen online. Are you committed, devoted to reading the Word of God, to the apostles' teaching? We have it. Like, they had to stay in town, right? They couldn't go back to Crete. They had to stay in town to get what they... I mean, it wasn't all written out for them. We have the Word of God in our hands I mean I have the apostles teaching in my hands. How awesome. How awesome is God that he gives us good gifts. His love letter written to you. So I want to say if your thermometer did you did you did you did you, did you, did you check one? I got I got 5 on that. I got a 5. Where are you at? Somebody yell you all your number. 6. All right. Everybody wants to be over me. Anybody under me? <laughs> Thanks. Six, seven, eight, ten. Any ones, any twos, any threes? I mean, like, it, it was just good, good to have a checkup, right? And good to know that I need to put a log over here. No, 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 no. There are some people that are like, right here, this is it. Bible fathead. I'm just reading the Word all day. Like, blah, blah, blah. But you're not doing anything else. So you're so focused on this me, me, me. Then you're not us, us, us. A little balance, please. Bring the cart. Walk away. You know what I mean? You got enough logs on that fire. Start Maybe pull one of those out that's burning and get it over here. Light something else on fire. Right? How do I do this? Let's just say I'm a five. I am. How do I stoke the heat of that? That's a little fire under there. And it's called faithful learning. Faithful learning. Are you faithfully, that's devoted, that's persistent, that's consistent. Are you faithfully learning something new about, when's the last thing you learned something new about God's character? <laughs> and you're like, whoa, God, look at you. Look at who you are. Look at what you do. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be learning the character of God from his word. We need to be learning the principles of God's word. Throw another log on the fire this week. Everybody good with that? Faithful learning. Be consistent. Set out. Maybe you're like, man, I don't know if I've ever read the Bible seven days in a row. Set out to do it this week. We're reading Luke, right? I read some cool stuff in Luke (laughs) this week. No excuses. No excuses, right? Let's stoke the fire. All right, this second thing. Are we devoted Unity, unity with God's people. You see that? The fellowship, the fellowship, the fellowship. It's koinonia. I said that before. And, and, and uh, look at verse 43. And awe came on every soul, everybody, and many wonders and signs. That's a revert back to Joel in chapter, uh, earlier in chapter two, were being done through the apostles. So signs and wonders, big deal, miracles happening. And they're being done by Who? Who's to say they're being done by? The apostles, right? So that ought to clear some stuff out because we're trying to like reduplicate this. And we're like, when do we get to do miracles, Steve? When do we get to do healings? When do we get to, like, you know, I, I believe miracles still happen. Don't get me wrong. But there's no apostles around anymore, so they're not happening on demand. You know what I'm saying? You better get on your knees, pray and fast, but like our elders will anoint you with oil if you're struggling with something. That's great. We, we will follow a biblical prescription, right? But I'm just telling you, miracles on demand, apostles not here right now, right? So you wait till Jesus Christ comes back and, and we'll have that again, right? Unity with God's people, okay? And, and awe came upon everyone. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles in all who believed? Who, are, who is that? 3,000 of them, right? Worked together and had all things in common. They had all things in common. Did they have their hobbies in common? I like cupcakes. Do you like cupcakes? All right, well, if I like cupcakes and you like cupcakes, maybe you'll like Jesus because I like Jesus. That's ridiculous. That's called friendship evangelism. I like golfing. Do you like golfing? Maybe if I take you out golfing, like at nauseum... And drop a few hints, someday I'll be able to tell you the gospel. Like, hey, it might work. In some situations, I'm I'm not going to knock it, right? Like, any evangelism is (laughs) good. right? But God wants some things said. He wants them said boldly. You're going to see that next week when we get together. Right? They had all things in common. Tell me what they had in common. Jesus. It's one word. They had Christ in common. I'm from Crete. I'm from Mesopotamia. I'm from... Turkey, I'm from, they're from all different places. They look different. They sound different. They have different languages. That's what was astounding. And they come together and they got one thing in common and it says they have all things in common. Why? Because that one thing trumps everything else. Do they have all things in common? Do they look just like? Do they dress just the same? Do they talk the same? No. They have one thing in common and it trumps everything else. Jesus. They are so laser-focused on Jesus that everything else doesn't matter. Their friends, their self, their family, their work, their hobbies, they don't care. And it's, it's modeled here. And they were selling their possessions and belongings. Possessions is real estate. Belongings is your personal possessions. Like the shirt, maybe. All right? And distributing the proceeds to all, did they distribute it evenly to all? That's communism, socialism in the gospel. This is great. No. They distributed to all, just read the next four words, as any had need. You know, some people didn't have any need. Some people didn't have any need at all. Some people were really wealthy. Right? But some people were from out of town, and they weren't leaving yet. So they had nothing. No place to stay, no job, no food. So people like Barnabas, who we'll learn about later, said, I got an extra field over here. I'm selling that. And he took the money, he put it at the apostles' feet, and the apostles distributed it to any that had need. It's kind of like our harvest care ministry. Maybe you've heard of it called benevolence. We don't call it that. We call it harvest care because we care about our people. And if our people in our body have needs, it bubbles up. Guess how it bubbles up? Through small group. And when he bubbles up through small group, then we hear about it. And Ryan Gregory and some other deacons, they'll meet with you and we find out your need. We try to help you with your budgeting and different things. And then we try to meet needs in love. I don't remember the last time we took an offering for that. You can put money in the benevolence any week you want. We will steward it well. If that fund ever got down to where we needed it, we would take an offering on the spot because the tithe is a start for the church, but then there's generosity. Then there's, I have more than I need. I'd like to buy a car. I'd like to buy a couch. I'd like to buy a whatever. I have a boat that I use three months of the year because we live in Minnesota, all right? And, And I'd be happy to like get rid of that if somebody had a need. Just saying. I'm committed. I'm united with God's people. But here, you know, some of us are really good at this. I'm going to a small group every week. I love you a lot. I try to remember your name. I'm inviting you to act like men again today. Like, I mean, I'm all about you. Some of us have a too big of a pile here, and nothing over there. You see how we're trying to balance this out? Do you get it? How's your unity? See, the thing is, this isn't communism. This is voluntary. And the word on the screens are voluntary sharing. So if you don't want to give, don't give. The Bible's pretty clear on that. But then don't call yourself a devoted Christian if you don't have a giving, compassionate heart, right? I'm just saying. Let's just be honest, right? So I, I rated myself an eight on that. Uh, you might rate yourself wherever you want, but like, if you need a shirt, I'd be happy to give you this one today. Like, I just don't care. And I learned that from my parents. My parents would give you the shirt off their own back. I remember my mom telling us about stories where we didn't have any money because they gave it all away. <laughs> and then she found $10 on the street corner and was able to go buy milk so we could have something to drink, you know, besides water. I mean, who would do that? That's the DNA I grew up in. That's the house I grew up in. I love to to be all about you rather than me. My brother shares that. I mean, we just do. My sisters share that. That's just who we are. So we should rest on our laurels, right? Because that's what our parents did. And I think we've arrived. I I think we don't need to throw any more logs on that fire. No, 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 no. Huh. <laughs> Faithful learning. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> Remember that one? Faithful learning. I know I'm learning some more stuff about volunteer sharing. That Sometimes it hurts more than others. I know that when we buy a house for the Lord, when we are able to do that, it's going to hurt me more than it's ever hurt before. And I hope that you're readying, readying yourself for that too. Because that's going to be a voluntary sharing that's going to hurt a little bit more. Because God needs a house, not just us. Right? I have a house. It's a nice house. Does God have a house? Well, spiritually speaking, we are the house of God. Spiritual above physical, right? But there is physical house of God. And right now, we haven't sacrificed to that point yet, church. For the unity of the people, volunteer sharing. Get it? All right, that's just one illustration. I could use a bunch more. Uh, Church, right? Church attendance, volunteer sharing, time, talents, treasure. Small group. Are you in a small group? I'm going to ask everybody to get in a small group today. If you're not in a small group, I'm going to ask you to get in a small group today. I'm not going to apologize for that. I think that's throwing a log here. If you're in a small group and you're not practicing on common community in your group, I'm going to ask you to throw a log on this thing right here called unity. If you have a problem with somebody else in our church and you haven't told them yet, shame on you. You go to them today, you settle that thing, you get it right. Because that's what unity is. It's fellowship. We have all things in common. What is that? Jesus Christ. So everything else doesn't matter. We're so focused on Jesus that I can get by whatever other preference I have against you or with you. It's voluntary. I'm not going to pry your hand open. I'm not asking you to go sign up for serving or uh, all that stuff. I'm not going to, I can't make you do it. I'm not going to hold a gun to your head. I am preaching the word of God. This is very clear. Let me just, you know, I know I'm not nobody, but uh, John MacArthur's somebody. He wrote a lot of commentaries. Here, here's what he says For a Christian to fail to participate in the life of the local church is inexcusable. In fact, those who choose to isolate themselves are disobedient and To the direct command of Scripture, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. It charges believers to consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some. So, some people in this church, some people in most churches have this habit. It's the habit of some, uh, and they forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But we shouldn't do that. We should encourage one another and All the more as you see the day drawing near. What day is that? The day Jesus is coming back. So this is really important. The Bible does not envision the Christian life as one lived apart from other believers. This is where people who are like, the universal church, the universal church. Like, you don't get it. The local church is the thing that helps you be a healthy part of the universal church. All members of the universal church, the body of Christ, are to be actively and intimately involved in the local assemblies. So are you actively and intimately involved in this local church? You're like, I just came to visit today. Great. Go back to your local church and get involved actively and intimately. But if you're looking for a church, you just need to know that we're going to ask you to do what we believe the Bible teaches, and I hope you do too if you're reading the same scripture I am, that you would be actively and intimately involved. Sharing. Voluntary sharing. Can't make you do it. Wouldn't want to try. Just asking you to do it. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you have him as your focus. You Get it? You're going to want to. It's voluntary. All right. Then this. Hunger. You know, there's a lot about food down here. They were just selling their possessions and belongings, distributing uh, proceeds to all, as many as any had need, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread, second time he's mentioned that, in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And I just was going after that and over that, and I'm like, attending and, 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 and at home and, and uh, in the temple and every day? I don't even go to the church every day. You need to know that. I'm the pastor. I don't go to the office every day. Matter of fact, I do take a Sabbath, it's Monday, and you won't find me at the office. I think that's healthy. So, what's going on? Right? Like, this is crazy. But this is devotion. These people knew they needed to be together. They needed to be together. They were hungry to be together. And that carried over into a hunger for God's presence. They were hungry for God's presence. So, this whole communion thing... We're going to do this every week for a while. You good with that? Because I'm hungry for God's presence. I'm hungry to remember every week that God paid the price on the tree and that his blood covers my sin. I want to come in and get washed again today. And so I want to throw another log on this God's presence fire. I want to pray. I want to spend some time in the prayers, right? This is interesting, the prayers, because the prayers is, is not like we think of prayers like freelance I'll just pray whatever I want, whenever I want. The prayers is like written prayers. So maybe you have a journal and you and you write a prayer out, right? And you just repeat that. They had prayers that they wrote. You just look over across the page, at uh, just just flip it over one chapter to chapter four, verse twenty-four. Just pray this prayer this week. It starts with Sovereign Lord and it ends with Your Holy Servant Jesus. It goes from verse twenty-four, mid verse twenty-four to verse. Uh, 30, and it ends there. Do you see that? Just highlight that in your Bible. Mark that somehow. Pray that prayer this week. I was really fond in our 10 days of prayer of praying this prayer, so let me just pray it over you right now. Let's pray. Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty and all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Amen. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. You reign, God. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is great, it is it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. That's from 1st Chronicles 29. 10 through 13. You can pray that prayer. That's what he's talking about with the prayers. They're practicing the presence of God. They're remembering communion, right? They're sitting at Jesus Christ's feet again, right? They're going to the cross again, and they're in prayer. They're dependent. Now, another key word in the passage, look at it, verse 43, and awe, and awe, so we don't really understand devoted, but let me pl- close with this. We don't really understand awe. But I think you will when I get done, okay? Awe is from phobus, the word we get phobia from. Awe. It's fear. What are you afraid of? Go ahead. I mean, some people have anxiety about being around people, so I'm sorry about that to bring that up to you right now. I'm, it's not funny to them. Just saying I'm definitely afraid of snakes, since you all won't humor me and save me some time. I'm definitely afraid of snakes, right? And I'm afraid of spiders. So if there's a snake in this room, do you think I'd know it? Oh, I would know it. If there's a spi- there is a spiders in this room, and I'm staying out of the corners right there, the exits, if, if there's a fire, I'm not going out one of those exits. There's a ton of spiders out there. I've been in those cobwebs before. It ain't happening again. I will go down the hall and around and out the front door where everybody goes out, right? I mean... Okay, so I'm aware. Aware of what? My fears. This is awe used of God. Who are they fearful of? God, but not in a way that I'm describing fear. But it's a healthy fear. Even uh, my fear of snakes is healthy, (laughs) right? My fear of spiders is the, you know, whatever. Big ones, maybe. Do you understand? Fear. They were aware I would be aware if there was a snake here. I would be aware if there was a a spider here, right? Are you aware that God is here right now? And he knows how you're responding to his word in this moment. He knows, Eric. He knows your heart. He's inside of you. If that doesn't scare you, I don't know what will. If the fact that God is here And that when I say worship, walk, work, and you go, ah, he says that all the time. I don't need to get in small group. I don't need to serve in the church. God is here, and he is listening, and he is acting. And that should scare you in a holy fear. We don't get awe. We don't get devotion, but I hope we will. Throw another log on the fire, eh? And we don't get awe. So the last thing you can do is just be grateful in worship. Grateful in worship. That's how we're going to light a fire, man. Throw another log on here. Let's be grateful in worship. Sometimes we come to worship and we're like, that wasn't good enough. It wasn't as good as last week. And I'm like, dude, we're grateful for what we have. We have everything we need. If we just had our voices, if we didn't sing at all, the rocks would cry out, the Bible says. Just think about that. The earth will not be silent. All creation, we just sang, right? Proclaims, all creation, you are my everything and I will adore you. Is that true? We sang that. Was that true of your life? We sang that and I sat there and I thought, I don't know if that's true in my life. Everything? I've given everything? I'm devoted to everything? You are my everything and I will adore you. I think I've made myself clear. Let's just close with this. When we are faithful in our learning, when we are voluntary in our sharing, when we are grateful in our worship, the result is uncommon communion. Do you get that? The result of those things is uncommon communion. L- throw another log on the fire, right, in whatever area you need. If you need to move some logs from this over to here, get her done today. If you don't even have a log in this area, get her done today. If you don't have a log in an area, you need to get started. So the best place to get started or to continue growing in all of this today, right, is in small group. So I'm going to ask the small group leaders, they should be wearing t-shirts, okay, to stand up, come down. I've asked the small group leaders to be up front and to help you be devoted, right, right? to help you be devoted to God's word, to God's people, and to God's presence through helping you be committed, right, to faithful learning, help you be committed to volunteer sharing, help you be committed to grateful worship. These are the things that we're going to be committed to. So let's stand. Let me pray. You've highlighted your bulletin. You've written all over it. It's now the choice is in your court. I'm not going to pry your hand open. I'm not going to judge your heart, Damien. I'm not going to do it. But I know God's in the room, and I know if you have any awe, then you want what God wants. And so I'm going to ask you, before you leave this place, to connect with one of these leaders. If you have a small group leader, go to them. Right? If you don't have a small group leader, find one. They're all here. If you're from out of town... You guys are from Wisconsin. You're probably not coming back next week. It's all good. I don't expect you to, but maybe talk to Trevor about how he's doing it, okay? Let's get after that. Talk to Tammy about how she's doing it, all right? Encourage her if you're from out of town. Encourage your your person that brought you to go talk rather than to focus on you. Go talk to your small group leader. Let's get this done.